0: Welcome to another episode of Baffle Amplified. My name is Mackenzie Britton. I'm the producer for the podcast and your temporary host while Pastor Joe is on vacation. This week at Bawthel, we are happy to welcome Pastor Kristen Joyner, who shares with us from Psalm 86, chapters 11 through 17, as part of our summer 2023 sermon series. Check it out now on Baffle Amplified. Today, our scripture reading is from Psalm 86, verses 11 to 17.
1: Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth.
0: Give me an undivided heart to revere your name.
1: I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God will, I mean with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever.
0: For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol.
1: O God, be insolent. Rise up above, I mean, rise up against me.
0: A band of ruffians seeks my life, and they do not set you before them.
1: But you, O Lord, are a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and a pounding in steadfast love and faithfulness.
0: Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the child of your maidservant.
1: Show me a sign of your favor so that those who hate me may see it and put it to shame.
0: Because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me.
1: Holy words for God's people.
2: Uh, this summer has been so much fun. I, I know we miss Joe, but he's done a great job of bringing in other preachers. So we are getting to learn from someone new each week. And you've heard many of them say they're, we're going through the lectionary. But that may be a new term for some of you, so I wanted to first explain what the lectionary is. The lectionary is a three-year cycle of scripture texts, that is offered to uh, the worship leaders throughout whoever wants to use it and the liturgic and it follows the liturgical year and the liturgical year brings us through advent christmas epiphany and the easter season lent easter and pentecost and then all other times are ordinary and ordinary the word comes from the word ordinal as in numbering the sundays Each Sunday, the lectionary offers an Old Testament reading, a psalm responding to it, a reading from one of the epistles or letters, and a gospel reading. And that may surprise some of you because it's very rare that we read all four from the lectionary in a worship service. To be honest, most of the time we like to pick the gospel reading. It feels more fun to preach about, and it feels more relevant, it's more familiar to some of us. Now, we only have one hour for worship, so we picked the one. But the Psalms are some of our favorites, I think, when we do our own private devotions or take inspiration for our songs. On June 25th, we heard from Pastor Bob Doe. He also picked a psalm reading for his sermon. And if you missed that sermon or want to watch it again, you can find it on our Facebook page. But here's a few reminders about what he said about the Psalms. We notice a lot of complaints in the Psalms he said many sound like a may I see the manager list of complaints and these kind of Psalms are difficult for those of us who are taught to not complain to accept whatever the situation is to bear with it and push it down also pastor doe reminded us that we know what it's like to be on the receiving end of complaints and criticisms or suggestions It's draining and it's tiring. So to have these kinds of scripture texts in our lectionary seems a bit odd. But God welcomes these complaints like a loving parent. He reminded us complaints are often a cover for what's really going on. Things we fear or things that hurt us. Sometimes the Psalms come from a place of loneliness or mourning. Pastor Joe reminded us that this kind of honesty with God then is commendable and should be imitated. We don't always have to have it all together before we go to God for God to accept and love us. It's when we bring our whole selves to God that we're being honest and genuine, and God is ready to hear it and bear it with us. If you have a Bible app or a Bible in front of you, you might want to turn to the middle of the Bible where psalms is 86 verse 11 is where we're going to start today i want to invite you to journey with me through this psalm in a retelling in a way with honesty and vulnerability teach me your way O lord that i may walk in your truth give me an undivided heart to revere your name god i need to learn what is your way It's not easy to see. I don't see very many people who really know your way. I'm living in a way, but it's not always your way. Maybe if I learn your way, I won't struggle so hard, and maybe I'll finally learn what it's like to be at peace. I've read the Bible, but to be frank, God, there are some conflicting stories in the Bible. And I know personally, and maybe for a lot of us, I'm, I'm only capable of reading it through translations, not in the original context or language. I read other authors too, God, and there is definitely some conflict in what your way is. Some say it's one way, some say it's another. How am I supposed to learn from others? I need to learn from you. You have to teach me. I'm a good person. I walk in what I think is the truth, at least it's my truth, but some doubt my truth, or fight me about it. Is there only one truth? Or can there be many truths? And if I walk in the truth, what does that mean anyway? What does it look like if I walk in the truth, but other people around me don't? What are they walking in, lies? Or is it something else? To walk in your truth sounds righteous. It sounds like righteousness, but it also sounds really difficult. I don't know if I can do it. Maybe my heart is divided. I want one thing, and I want the opposite. Maybe I want to stay how I am. The status quo is at least something I know it's not always great sometimes i'm in pain and i know others are in pain at least it's what i'm used to i'm afraid to be so devoted to you that i really really have to change i need my heart to not be divided not to be indecisive only you can change my heart right how do i change my heart will it hurt will it stop Or will it swell and beat sustainably? My heart is my life. My life doesn't exist without my heart. Give me an undivided heart, God, so that I know you, your name, that your divine presence is what I revere. But I revere so many other things that get in the way. I have a... Deep respect and admiration for a lot of people, people who are doing really cool things or have really great talents, some I'm even jealous of. But these people shouldn't be revered above you, I know. But I know I spend more time on them than I do you sometimes, if only I revered your name above all others. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart. And I will glorify your name forever. I know I give thanks to you. Maybe it's a quick prayer at dinner. Thank you, God, for this food. And sometimes it's when I see beautiful views from a mountaintop hike. I see the greenery and the wildlife and the vistas and the wilderness and the animals. And I breathe that fresh air. And wow, God, I give thanks to you. You created this. No one else did. But then it's easy to forget that gratitude when I go back down the mountain and I, it rains and I'm not prepared or I trip or I fall or I get bit by those nasty mosquitoes and God, what was your plan for those anyway? But mostly, I do want to be grateful. I want to live in an attitude of thanksgiving, not thanksgiving like one day a year when I stuff myself with potatoes and gravy, but all year, giving thanks what would that be like to live a whole year all the time giving thanks (laughs) people would think i'm seeing things being thankful with my whole heart not holding anything back my whole heart like i'm so thankful for my family if only they wouldn't leave their socks on the floor but really sincerely thankful with all of it I can say I'm thankful for socks on the floor. I can say that. At least there's socks, and at least there's a floor. But really, my whole heart, I don't think so. I know I hold back. I reserve some thanks for when it's all perfect. But I've actually never seen perfection, at least not in my definition. Maybe yours. Maybe, maybe it is already perfect, even the socks on the floor. And my whole heart is given over to you 100% absolutely grateful for all the things, for all the logs and the eyes, the socks on the floor and the mosquitoes. That, that is a person who glorifies your creation. And by that glorifies you. You should be the one that people know, that people thank, that gets the honor and the reverence and the time and what our whole heart's but our hearts, God, they're also saved for others. And yet you still love us. You love me. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. Your love is constant, resolute, loyal, dutiful, unwavering. How? How is that possible? I've just explained how unconstant and unloyal and wavering I am. Do you expect that from me? Do you expect I could have steadfast love for you? To know I'm loved, I have to really feel it. How do we know we're loved? People show love by giving gifts to each other, by caring for one another by a phone call a text or a card by being in service to one another and i don't know about anyone else but i've never received a text or a card from you god how is it anyway that we're to talk about your great love towards us but you're not here or are you you're here inside us inside my soul my soul knows in quiet even sometimes in chaos, my soul knows it's not always evident, but I have to pause and reflect and feel. Your love for me is there. I know that there's been times when I suddenly realize you. I snap out of my grief or my woe. All of a sudden, my sadness goes away. It's like you've come inside my body and shaken me or Gently nudged me. You release my inner pain, my grief. You deliver me from hell, from awful thoughts. I know my friend has had worse hell than me, God. And you did deliver them. Their pain was so deep, it brought them to the valley so low, they didn't know how to get out. Must have been you. They didn't do it on their own. They didn't know how. We look up. Look out and start living again. That's you. You deliver me from the depths. Oh God, the insolent rise up against me. A band of ruffians seeks my life and they do not set you before them. Well, sometimes hell can come from other people. Those arrogant and rude people. There are people that hate me, there are people that don't want me here, don't like what I say. Why me? Why do they hate me? Rise up against me. You know who they are, God. There are all kinds of people who don't want certain other kinds of people to live. They're ruffians and they're insolent. These are people who put their comforts, their wants, their ways of exclusion in front of anything you've ever asked of us. They put themselves above you. They put ego and self-centeredness on a higher pedestal than they'd ever put you on. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And yet, God, what I do know is you to be a God that is merciful and gracious. You don't always give me what I deserve, and by that I mean you're nicer than that, because I know I deserve some bad stuff, don't I? I guess some people might not like me because i deserve not to be liked but you god you tell me i do deserve to be liked loved even how is your fuse long a lot longer than anyone i know i suppose you do get angry it just takes a while first i suppose you'd rather begin with compassion try that first then get angry I guess it's not just me that's supposed to have faith. You, too, have faith in me, in us. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give me your strength. Give your strength to your servant. Save the child of your your serving girl. Okay, when you're ready. I'm ready for your mercy and compassion. Bring it on. Your generous spirit will touch mine and I will be transformed. I am your servant. You don't put me in bondage. I willingly know that if I go your way, you will be the one I follow. But I don't like the image of a servant. No one should have to be a servant. Someone who reaps no benefit from doing what some master says. But you know, I know you will only lead me in a way that is loving, not just for me, but for everyone. I guess we don't have another word, servant. It really means to serve. We serve others when we're kind and compassionate, when we give someone what they need without judgment. And that's what you do. You serve us, and so we can serve others, and we can serve you. I guess in that way we are servants. I need that strength of character, of faith, of grace. That all comes from my inner soul, from those depths we talked about earlier. Please give me that strength. Show me a sign of your favor so that those who hate me may see it and be put to shame because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. So how will I know? How will I know when it is you that is there to help me and comfort me? How will I know when I'm safe from those who hate me? From those who hate? I said I want you to shame those others. Is that how you want us to be? Shame people who get it wrong? Or Maybe my desire to shame others makes me the insolent. Show me a sign. I'm a little slow. Seems I need a little more convincing that it's you. And just think, if you move a mountain or some other astonishing sign, all those who doubt will know. Those who hate will be ashamed and they, that they didn't know you, and they will scramble. We will all scramble to say, I knew God. I only want the sign so others will know or so that I will know, or so that others will know that I know, you know. But God, what I really know is that you comfort me. It is you, deep in my depths. In my soul, I know that is where you live. Maybe I won't see a mountain moved in my lifetime after all. Maybe the mountain that needs to move is my heart. Maybe that's how others will see you. Teach me your way. Give me an undivided heart. May it be so. Amen.